Hello, this is Coming to the Mat podcast from the Melanesian Women Today Impact Service Series. Told through the lens of everyday Pacific Island women, the Mad series seeks to break cultural barriers and invite listeners to hear of real human stories of making a difference. The stories you will hear from this series balance diverse interests and weave together the stories of courageous women who dedicate their lives to making a difference in their communities and country. Coming to the Mad series is a safe space for women in the Pacific to use their voices. It also explores the integral aspects of women's lives all across the South Pacific and gives the listeners a window into the many different issues women face through storytelling. Welcome to Coming to the Mat, where we welcome our listeners and visitors from around the globe to take their seat on the mat with us and share in this safe space where we bring you stories of everyday women in the Pacific who are making a difference in their own lives, communities, and country, respectively. I am Dr. Mere Tarisovic, your host, and this is episode 13 of Coming to the Mat. We talk a lot about owning our own stories here on Coming to the Mat podcast. In a sense, broadening accessibility by broadening and deepening the role of Pacific writers and historians to rewrite and proudly so reclaiming their own history through their own narrative. And that goes for children's books as well. Something that we haven't done before on this podcast. And today we are glad to be talking to a Pacific Island historian and writer who happens to hail from the beautiful island nation of Vanuatu. So I'm excited to talk to her today about her work in the field of education, particularly in literacy, and her role as the creator and co-editor of Vanuatu's first nonfiction children's storybook. I won't give you the details of the book because I'll let her tell you the story of this children's book, how it came to be, why it was written, who were the writers of the 40 stories in total that made up the book called Tough Tumors, Different Journeys and One People. Now, a little bit about our guest, and I will give you a shorter version of her incredible accolade. Anna Nauper, or Miss Anna Nauper, is a Ni Vanuatu writer and historian who is well known for her translation of Nabanka Pikinini and is an and for being the first, and again, I will say first, Ni Vanuatu to graduate from Harvard University in 2014. Now, Nabanka Pikinini is a children's storybook presenting many tra- traditional stories of Vanuatu. She currently holds the position as the director of for Island Minds based in Vanuatu. Prior to her current post, she worked as a senior advisor at the Pacific Islands Forum Secretariat, advising forum member states in their partnership negotiation to advance regional positions on climate change, ocean and maritime affairs and the post 2015 development agenda. She has um, almost, oh, 20 years of experience where she had worked at both national and regional levels in the Pacific and is an experienced policy influencer and advocate of applying political economic analyzing analysts in policy reforms. Ms. Nauper or Ms. Anna Nauper is no doubt a role model for Nivanuatu women and a policy influencer across the Pacific region. Anna has also written countless articles so welcome to Coming to the Mat uh, with me today, Anna. Glad Before we go into our interview, the discussion, 
I'd like to play a little bit of uh, some, of, some of the stories that are from the book of uh, Taftmas, so that our audience can hear a little bit of the stories. Welcome to the Children's Storytime. We are celebrating the men and women of Vanuatu who have contributed to the country since independence. This is the story of the boy on a divine mission, Alan Nafuki. He is a church and independence leader from Aramango and was born in 1950. His story goes like this. Once a boy named Nafuki grew up in Aramango's rugged interior before being sent down the mountain to the Mission Primary School, where Alan became his English name. Alan grew up under the shadow of his home being nicknamed Martyr Island because three missionaries had been murdered there. He decided to become a missionary himself and write any past wrongs. In high school, Alan was offered the chance to study forestry in Fiji. He slept badly, tossing and turning with indecision. I heard God call me three times with a message. If you go to Fiji, what about the blood of the missionaries killed on Aramango? Alan decided to continue his path to become a pasta and went to Papua New Guinea to start his training. Returning to pre-independent Vanuatu, Alan recalls, I now knew that God had called me not only to be his missionary, but also to help bring about political independence for our people. Through the church, Alan helped united people across the islands in the lead up to independence. He was a part of all independence milestones, helping to draft the national constitution and choose a new name for the country along with a national anthem and motto. He also coordinated changes to join the Nuclear Free Pacific Movement and became a tireless advocate for human rights in West Papua. In 2009, Allen organized a historic reconciliation between the descendants of slain missionary Reverend John Williams and the descendants of the murdering families. Aramango is now free from the curse that has clouded our development. Aramavi Wokon. This is good, he says. Taftumas. This is one of the 40 stories from the children's book, Taftumas, Different Journeys, One People. The stories that we've just heard is from one of the 40 uh, individual stories. This was one of the story. Um, Alan Nafuki, church and independence leader, Eromango, and he was born in 1950. So welcome to coming to the map, Anna. Awesome, and thank you for having me. Oh, so good to see you and so good to hear your voice. And I'm glad that you'll be able to share with us today about your work. Um, so we just heard a little bit about a story, one of the stories of this amazing book. I have one of the, of course, a copy for myself here. Um, I know we're doing this through Zoom, but um, for those who probably have a copy, it's beautiful illustrated uh, 40 stories that I like to flip it on the other side and it's got French in uh, one side and the other side is in English. Um, before we talk about the book, maybe we want to you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, um, you know, so that our audience can get to know this amazing woman, Anna Nauper, historian and writer, Nibanuatu. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mary. And uh, hello, also one and to all the listeners uh, to the podcast. Thank you for having me today. Uh, just a little bit about myself. So uh, I was born uh, in Vanuatu at the time when it was called New Hebrides, uh, so pre-independence. And my, my parents were uh, 
big part of the independence movement. My father was uh, one of the uh, founding leaders of independence. Uh, and of course, behind every strong man, there is a strong woman uh, in Melanesia or alongside them. Mm. And my mother was, was part of that, but she was also an educator. So, um, and uh, my mother was British and my father was Nivanuatu, Melanesian. And it was through their, I guess, their, their, their role modeling in our lives and, and their, their principles and values that uh, I was very privileged to grow up in a household that was very clear about celebrating our Melanesian diversity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and working for the future that we want to see for our people and our community. And, you know, whether that was through education, um, the lens of my mother, whether it was through politics, the lens of my father, uh, and whether it was through uh, whatever that became through me mm-hmm. <laughs> and my siblings. I'm one of um, uh, five children. I'm the youngest. And, uh, you know, through that uh, uh, growing up, you know, learning and knowing about our independence story. Um, every country in the Pacific that has had to uh, release itself from the colonial powers uh, would have its own independent story and for Vanuatu uh, I believe we were the only islands that really had to struggle for independence uh, having been colonized by the British and the French and that legacy continues to live on today and you mentioned Mary that tough to must different journeys one people and mm-hmm. um, we've got that in both English and French as the official languages of, of instruction for the kids from the ages uh, from class three upwards and in French it's tough to must différents parcours en peuple mm-hmm. and we thought that message is a when we came up with the title, and this was through our community volunteers, um, we really wanted to convey that for Vanuatu, our own journey as a country, as a nation, particularly in 2020, it was our 40th independence anniversary. We wanted to convey that our country is built by so many different people mm. and so many different languages and cultures. And we know that Vanuatu has the highest linguistic diversity per capita of population in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, PNG has the most languages in the world and, and uh, Solomon's has many as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because we are a bit of a smaller population, yet with so many languages, um, there's a high number per capita. So that diversity or the different uh, journeys that people have, mm-hmm. it also includes different ethnic journeys. So we have uh, like someone like my mother who's British and has helped educate the, the leaders of this nation. Um, and, you know, uh, those from commerce, excuse my dogs in the background, um, but um, we wanted to celebrate that despite everybody's different abilities or cultures or languages, they were all building our nation together. And that was something that I've lived and practiced my entire life, mm-hmm. which was how Taftumas came to be, mm-hmm. was when we got to the 40th anniversary saying, how do we celebrate our beautiful country? And this, um, this acknowledging of our stories for Taftumas uh, that, that came about, we'd seen um, a lot of writing in the Pacific mm-hmm. uh, is, is, uh, has kind of stopped when we look at the sort of literature from Vanuatu we had a lot around that independence period in the 1970s and even a little bit after independence in 1980. But since then, there was very little that told the stories of people's lives and, or captured um, experiences of you know, what life is like in Vanuatu. Mm. And I've, you know, I've really enjoyed reading stories from around the Pacific, whether it's been the writings of Albert Wendt or, mm. or Sia Figuel in Samoa mm. or you know, biographies from Dame Carol Kidu in, in PNG. Uh, Peter Thompson in Fiji, all the, you know, the whole range of writing that there is. And for Vanuatu, if we have similar writing, it's always often around that independence era. Mm -hmm. But nothing about what we've been living and doing as a country Mm -hmm. since then. So when um, my youngest child and I, she loved to read these books about, you know, amazing women around the world who've done amazing things. Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, this is, this is so great. How do we celebrate amazing people in Vanuatu who've done great things, particularly mm. 
since independence. Otherwise, we don't know their stories. Or you sabe no time you one place you storian. You know, like you you only know about the story if you, you happen to meet someone and they go, oh, have you heard about this? Yeah, yeah. How do we really capture and celebrate? So that that's how the the idea of the the tough to must book was born. And I I have a you know a number of friends who love to write. Mm -hmm. I just shared the idea with them, and they said, oh, that sounds that sounds really cool. Let's um Let's gather some people and we'll suggest some other names. And at the time, I was also the mentor for the Young Women Leadership Program with CARE Vanuatu, which is this wonderful program to empower young women in Tafea province and Port Vila. It's, mm -hmm. it's starting in the south. Um, and they were like, oh, we'd love to partner with you and get our young women involved. And so that we started to grow as a group of people who, I guess, liked, liked storytelling, uh, mm -hmm. liked to write. Mm -hmm. Or even just had a desire to to find the stories that needed to be celebrated. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, at the time, we didn't have a name for the book. Mm -hmm. It was just, we just called it the 40th Independence Book because <laughs> we knew that was, a, that was the reason for doing it. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, the other reason for doing it was, again, uh, growing up and being through the entire school system right. in Vanuatu and then having the uh, opportunity to um, study in the UK and then I spent a number of years in Hawaii mm -hmm. um, and I loved the literature there as well and, um, and then of course you know um, in Boston and Harvard like I'd seen I've been so privileged um, to be exposed to the world of literature and reading and and keep to pass that on to my three children as well who love to read mm -hmm. and I thought you know I looked at the literacy rates in Vanuatu uh, at the time they'd just come out with the Pacific Island literacy and numeracy assessments that SPC mm -hmm. does Mm -hmm. And out in the Pacific, Vanuatu and the Solomons seem to have the lowest literacy rates. Mm -hmm. I found that really worrying. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, why is that? And I talked to a few friends, some of whom were now part of this community of volunteers, all going, yeah, let's do something about storytelling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's been a lot of great work done by the, the successive Vanuatu governments over the years in expanding education opportunities. So now, you know, there's... School, school grants so that school is, fees are affordable right. you can get more kids are going to school mm -hmm. but we're not getting enough kids reading even if they're going to school mm. and be perhaps because of the legacy of my own parents I'm a very passionate person about the value of the ability to read and write in right. your education mm. and not, not at a basic level but you have to keep growing your literacy Mm. Uh, as skills if you want to go further in life right. you know we we live in an international world right. uh, we need to have that ability to engage confidently mm -hmm. uh, in ideas and, and and things with with strong literacy and even with the vernacular policy so the national language policy which is uh, you know, a big driver as well in Vanuatu of increasing increasing our own linguistic knowledge and I do a lot of work with my um, community NGO that I support the Aramanga mm -hmm. Cultural Association we've been doing a lot of literacy books um, early childhood literacy in the vernacular in our in local languages so mm -hmm. in two we've done in two languages CA mm -hmm. and Ura from Aramanga but you need to have reading material right. if you're going to practice your literacy whatever language you're doing it in yeah. mm -hmm. and so the other driver for me was not just independence to celebrate its stories, mm. but to also provide stories for our Nivanuatu children mm. that they can see themselves in those stories. It's uh, and we we targeted at ages nine to thirteen um, because again, according to the literacy assessments, that's roughly the yeah. that's, that's roughly where the Vanuatu literacy assessments typically sit. It doesn't mean everybody, but 
Mm. That's where we, we tend to sit in our, our literacy uh, levels. Right. Um, and so that that way it was targeting children, but perhaps their parents could get involved reading with them. Mm. Um, and the parents who hadn't had the opportunity to go further in schooling, it consolidates their literacy. Right. So it was, you know, it was for children, but also for parents. Um, <laughs> and that unifying experience of reading together. Mm. And um, we did it in English and French because, as I mentioned, it's the language of instruction once you get to class three. Prior to that, it's in the vernacular. Mm-hmm. And as much as we would love to have this in every language in the vernacular, that, that, but, that yeah. would be quite a big undertaking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and oh not every language has a dictionary yet. No. That's and exactly. that's another challenge because you have to standardize and et cetera, mm-hmm. the translation and, and things like mm-hmm. that. So um, long, that's, long story short, that's how it came about, Mary. The um, idea of 40 came from the volunteers. And I, when I, we, were all, we, we all did this in our spare time. I just wanted to highlight this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was 100% volunteer community driven, which is uh, pretty amazing um, mm-hmm. and very generous of people. Mm-hmm. And in all, we had about 75 volunteers contribute mm-hmm. in some way. Yeah. whether that was writing stories, doing artwork. We had a lot of school children providing the artwork mm-hmm. and the portraiture. Um, we had editors, translators, because we did French and English. We had graphic designer people um, uh, who very generously set up a website, so www.toughtomust.com. There was the, the radio readers you've just heard, um, a whole range. I think we had many more come to read for radio in English, French and Bishlama. Mm-hmm. and we um you had some uh, students as well right you had some young kids be part of yes, that we, yeah we had little kids also to peer review and and check some of the stories and go yeah this is this isn't so interesting for a kid you know or this would make this story more interesting um we had teachers review it as well to make sure that it was at a literacy level you know as experts who work with children every day mm-hmm. to say yeah this is the appropriate level of language um and we had you know the support from across four countries as well, where Vanuatu has diaspora. So right. most volunteers were in Vanuatu, mm-hmm. but we had some in New Zealand in our diaspora there. We had yourself, thank you, Mary, <laughs> in the US. <laughs> and we had uh, also in Australia. And we were, we were so fortunate to get uh, some stories before people passed away. And I want to thank you for choosing to play the story of my uncle, yeah. uh, Alan Lafuki, who uh, sadly passed away earlier this year and who has a very important story to celebrate. Uh, and I had really enjoyed writing his story with him, actually. And I'm so glad that we were able to do that yes. before he passed away. Wow. So it's it's almost sounds like, um, you know, there you can see the parallel of the journey, this idea of writing this this book, having you know collective of community of writers and, and volunteers. Um, as a historian, were you excited to see that? Like you know, kind of sitting back and observing at the end of the day when everything you know, there's so many things to tackle. You sit back and 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 look at the formation of all of this taking place. Um, what was it like for you? Like, do you? I don't know. I mean, you you sit there and you think, wow, what is it going to look like in 20 years' time? The kids you know go back and read this. Um, stories that were written by Nivanuatus with the help of, you know, we have helps from all over the, uh, the place, people from all over uh, different backgrounds. As a historian, what, what were your thoughts? What were, what were some of the things that were going through your head watching this coming to flourish? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the process was very organic. Yeah. Uh, as, as I mentioned, it started with me going, oh, this is a great idea I'm getting from my children mm. and sharing it with others and then it growing and growing. And it was amazing how many people saw the idea and thought, wow, this is amazing. We want to be part of it. 
Mm. And um, to me, that was the that was the beauty of the entire process because it was the the power of that single idea that then mm. grew this this movement of community volunteers. Mm. And um, you know, they brought so much richness to the process because you know suggestions like like tough to mass as a title, and then you know we workshop different journeys one people you know there were a number of other suggestions I'm trying to remember them right now I think one was like heroes and heroines and oh, you know, yes. all sorts of things yes. like that <laughs> and um, you know that diversity of thought mm. from all our volunteers it really enriched what was happening because it was shaping uh, you know the idea started with as an idea mm. but what it ended up being uh, you know I thought it would just be a book a lovely beautiful <laughs> illustrated book of stories yeah. and you know yeah. it can be we were donating to libraries and we were very the generous financial support from SPC and the EU and New Zealand HICOM and you know um, the Ministry of Education in Vanuatu who was distributing them freely across schools mm -hmm. and the wonderful support and care mm -hmm. um, in the French Embassy and the Australian government um, but we it actually even went beyond that it went to radio as we heard mm -hmm. it went to websites um, mm -hmm. Uh, as, as I've mentioned, it went to, it got shared uh, in, um, there's a radio station in Nelson, New Zealand, in the South Island, that's Pressure for the seasonal down. workers. Yeah, yeah and Pressure they started, down. they started airing and broadcasting our stories in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. um, and in Fiji, there's the St. Andrew's Church of Suva, yeah. where the pastor um, last year, he started posting Tafjuma's stories as part of his sermon. <laughs> and so this, <laughs> it grew yeah. much bigger because yeah people got involved and it was the diversity and to me yeah. that was the historical aspect of it in that I was looking at it and going yeah. you know there are parallels to how our country came to be yeah because my dad and his friends and all the other mm. founders of independence for Vanuatu they started with that very clear single idea of self-determination right. right and through their own diversity of thought and effort and the story you heard from my uncle there uh, from a religious side as a missionary yeah. um, and whether we were polit political it all it built a nation and shaped it yeah. uh, and the way and I hope it's not too uh, fancy so many things in that talk flash there I just see very many very similar parallels to how yeah. you bring together a community of like-minded passionate people for a cause mm -hmm. and you you bring it around and, and it was all done because you believe in it not because you were getting paid yeah and I think one thing that keeps coming to my mind as we're talking about this is that it almost seems like um, everything is it's in its place. It's just a matter of, you know, those connecting the dots, right? And the one thing that I think you and I are pretty, we agree on is that mode of communication, the old traditional fast fashion of fasting or fashion of communicating. And it was, you know, again, you started off by talking about how we have more than a hundred uh, different languages um and yet we are able to come together by using you know bishlama um or the way we would say fasting long story and in the solomons they will say talk story in you know fijian and Samoan tongue they would say talanoa and bringing people together not just in the different you know diverse way of doing it, cultures and beliefs and ideas but also just bringing everybody together to the power of story, the sharing our story through uh, using um, a mode of communication, which is the language of uh, Bishlama, which, you know, I mean, 
maybe you want to touch a little bit. I, I wanted to highlight why we use the word the, that uh, Bishlam and how that became to be our national language. I think you you probably be able to touch a little bit about Bishlamer language and how did it came about so that people can kind of have a little bit of understanding like, okay, so how, is this like a Creole? What is it? Because if you say you have more than a hundred and something languages, then, you know, not everybody speaks English, not, not everybody speaks French. So how did that happen? You know, so maybe you could give a little bit of a background of what is Bishlama and how did that came about so that today we, you know, it's, it's our yeah. national language. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I'm not a linguist, I should point out, so I, <laughs> I, I, I could share what, what little I do know, but um, there, there's been a lot written about it by the late Professor Daryl Tryon, who did, he mm -hmm. wrote the helped write the first Bishlamite dictionary, worked a lot with the Vanuatu cultural centre field workers mm. um, around, you know, recognising that Bishlama, it's, it, it, it is actually, it's a Creole now, it's not a pidgin because, you know, it started off as the language of commerce and trade in those, you know, 1800s and mm -hmm. when the whaling and the sandalwood traders and mm -hmm. the missionaries came, that was the kind of that, that pidgin English as, as right. people would call it. Right. And, you know, uh, from my understanding, it's a, a pidgin is, is a language that you kind of, it's a street language, right? right? But a Creole is a language that you, you, you are born and raised in. Mm. Like it's, it, it can also be a street language, but you're actually, that becomes your, your mother tongue. Yeah. You know, for people who grow up in a village, mm -hmm. they might have their traditional language. Mm -hmm. For people who grow up in Port Vila or Luganville, the towns in, in Vanuatu, they might grow up first with Bishlama. As their first language for so for them it's their mother tongue yes uh whereas perhaps for you mary or for me it's not yeah um and it's just a language we use because it's what you speak in the streets yeah. or in the workplaces yeah. um but it as an as a language itself it's evolved and it's a living language and english evolves french evolves i mean you know france has the institute of letters mm -hmm. to decide whether or not they're allowed to have words um, <laughs> that, that they use like google to, to put Google, uh, or, you know, or sandwich, you know, they, they borrow words from other languages and the same in English. We, we never used to have the words email or Google. Right. Uh, right. And so with Bishlama, it also grows. The difference perhaps is that um, it is highly oral mm -hmm. and not as much written. And yes, it's written in ministerial papers, government posters and awareness material. And even now in schools, for me personally, the challenge is it's not standardized and it does not help literacy. Mm -hmm. So again, coming back to my sort of earlier passion about Taftumas was the literacy element. Right. It's how do you build the practice of reading and writing? And it's very hard to build it if you cannot see the consistency and patterns mm -hmm. of how you read words. Mm -hmm. um, so we had these debates as a community of volunteers because people are like, no, Bemi, Emi Buklovanuatu, you mean must make him. Bishlama. Bishlama, yes. And I said, well, of course we want to end Bishlama, mm -hmm. but can we can we standardize the, the Bishlama and it so that it supports that literacy objective mm -hmm. of it? Mm. Um, and if we don't feel confident uh, that we can, mm -hmm. um, and there are even now I see there's, there's big debates about spelling in Bishlama, and there's new words and, and randomly spelled words. You know, we don't we don't want to do harm to a child by teaching, by putting in something that's actually not, you know, how it should be. Mm. Um, so we we spoke with the Ministry of Education and, and they they suggested to us, they said, focus on English and French, it's standardised. Mm -hmm. We need it for schools, but also it's great because these are our stories we want to celebrate, but other people need to read and know about them too. 
Yeah. And so they know what, what Vanuatu has been like, at least some yeah. elements of it. It's not everything. Yeah. Um, so have it in English and French in that international language and for school still. Mm. And maybe Bishama can continue being oral and do it on audio. And yeah. so that's what we did. Yeah. So I think what fascinates me about this is being able to... Um, we talk about the language and now talk a little bit about how people just kind of came together, um, which is very much a traditional way of gathering and, and coming together, um, of doing something. You know, sometimes it could be, you know, there are sometimes it could be difficult, but then other times when you have something to that people can feel like they're part of, they really come forward. And so that to me kind of speaks of that village you know, the coming together of the village where, you know, I mean, let me just paint this picture where, you know, okay, there's going to be a kakai or a feast. So everybody brings the basket of something to the nakamao, you know, the traditional house or the meeting house, you know, if you, if you like. Um, so it's almost kind of like that where everybody comes together, brings whatever that they have, and then let's uh, make something, you know, let's bake, let's sit down and let's, Let's eat and let's let's uh, story on and share our stories and share our um, lived experiences. And so I think that the journey for this book it very much aligns to the journey of our forefathers and foremothers. So you know, if you like, of how they walk the journey to to independence, to achieving our independence. So um, what is the next step now for Talk to Us? Are we are we expecting a second edition? Uh, well, we, we are still producing stories. We got a lot of feedback and maybe I should explain how we chose the 40 stories. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, to make it for 40 years. Um, we, 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 this is before we, we had any financial support to print the book. Mm -hmm. um, and we were talking through well, how we had so many stories collected. Mm -hmm. uh, so as we, we, we used Facebook as a way to call out for volunteers, artists, writers, as well as the, the community that we got together in Vila. And, you know, we, we basically said just find as many diverse stories as you can or recommend mm -hmm. that you think you know we haven't heard before or you know we want to we want to um, particularly record because it's been so significant in Vanuatu's life as a nation even though people might not recognize it but you can see it and you want to share it and, and be talking about you know stories of courage stories of, of empowerment stories of strength mm -hmm. uh, stories of diversity and you know really embrace that these are the, the values and principles that we as a country have and and and, and uh, want to show and so the volunteers we everybody said well we've got to make sure we, we need to we need to be representative mm -hmm. so we need to be very careful we're ensuring stories aren't just from Port Vila the capital right. uh, they need to be from across our island mm -hmm. and across our six provinces so that's what we so we said okay absolutely now we need to make sure we've got the span so that, and we, need, we wanted to celebrate men and women. So we said, okay, at least half the stories need to be men, half need to mm. be women. Mm. We wanted to celebrate people with you know, disabilities, um, celebrate people with multiple cult multicultural backgrounds or ethnicities, mm. um, people who, you know, people with difference who, um, you know, might have done you know, something different or unusual for their community or bucks the, um, excuse me. Or people who buck the trend, you know, for example, a, a father of four daughters who becomes a, a gender advocate um, or a brave child who stands up to bullying in, in the schoolyard uh, and, and in life. And so we wanted to really celebrate the diversity. So for, for me, myself as the creator and co-editor, I kept saying with our volunteers, these are, if we, if we want to have principles, if you like, around what we're producing, we're capturing our nation's stories, we're capturing our diversity, we're capturing our strengths. 
we're celebrating what people do no matter how big or small um, and hope and using it as a platform to inspire people as well as celebrate people and build literacy mm. so those were our our very sort of I guess guiding <laughs> principles if you like um, and so when you think about the story and style as you said it's like coming together and bringing our community volunteers together or them going out to talk to people the the stories themselves and how you read them and as we heard in the audio clipping it's very much in a Vanuatu style of starting about where people place they're from first yeah. you know you, when you sit down and you 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 know all these kinds of things mm-hmm. and um so a lot of the stories start that way and even in the, the book itself when we you know put the person's name who the story's about mm-hmm. we include their place right. because for us that's very important in our storytelling method mm. um, and then of course we a story is much shorter in a book than it is in sitting around the fire or on the mat yeah. that was a challenge yeah. um, and we had so many stories collected that trying to bring it down to 40 people yeah was so how very did you do that how did you do that? That's I was hoping to catch you on that. How did you, how did you were able to kind of you know break it down to forty? Do you close your it, eyes? It was very hard. <laughs> uh, well, we did it again. We did it as a community of volunteers, and there was a okay. core committee, and we sat down and we workshopped. It was very difficult, mm-hmm. uh, but again, those principles of being half women, half men. Mm-hmm. Uh, across the provinces and equal equally distributed stories from around the, the country mm-hmm. uh, so, you know these ideas of diversity it was very mm-hmm. interesting a lot of stories that were collected were about sports people huh. and so we said hmm you know <laughs> we need to be fair to like other kinds of professions <laughs> because then that's wonderful yeah. um but we need to because we're trying you know we, we we were celebrating 40 years of independence we wanted to represent the spread of experience <laughs> Uh, so if everybody was a sports person that wasn't perhaps yeah. really reflective no we wouldn't be having independence about sport but um <laughs> i thought i thought that it was cleverly chosen you know it was everything about it that i really like for each of the stories do you want to choose a story that i can quickly play here so that people can hear maybe in bishlama this time um yeah i like um the story um well this i like i love all the stories and there's the, the new stories we are also developing and they are on radio already and online on facebook mm-hmm. um around particularly because we, we got asked they said oh we want more stories from independence from the, from the 1970s and 80s because okay. we were like no we want to make sure we represent the four decades mm-hmm. um but one that i i particularly enjoy mm-hmm. uh, because it really demonstrates the connection from a little island in the ocean in our archipelago to the world um, is that of Isonime uh, from the island of Futuna in southern Vanuatu okay, and he's a climate warrior oh and that's just appropriate at this time too for you know to let me find it here top 26 okay, well, yeah. do you want me to play it in French do you want me to play it in, uh, for the audience this is you know we're going through the book here on audio so if you want to listen to it uh, it's called uh, you can find it on the web it's Tatumas T-A-U sorry T-A- F-T-U-M-A-S.com. Welcome to the time of the story and the beginning. You must have celebrated all man and woman Vanuatu who have been left them up country since independence. Hemia hem historian plong one man where hemi sing sing out against him climate change. Iso Nime. Hemi one strong community voice alongside long climate change. Hemi Kamad Long Futuna Island Mohemi bin Bon Long 1989. Storian Eko Olsen. 
One time, I pinkat one boy when named long hem iso. Hemi kam pick one long one small island long Pickfella Ocean long Pacific. Island ya is stop long way long Port Villa. Close up 300 kilometers long ship. Every something where all people long island ya only need him, only must make him or plan him all keta one. From say sometime ship mo plane in Osafekasem long island ya. Pe outside long wall, hemi kam long island ya. Hemi kam all same salt water where he kam soa. High to mass from climate change. Iso hemi want them suffer from one em, salt water is stop change em island long hem. From one em rain hemi no fall down to mass, mo from one em all cyclone only stop strong to mass now. From one em water blong tring emi all sem salt water now. Iso i ask em. Long school emi lan em say ikat climate change mo global warming. All Olfala Long Village, only teach him him, all custom save, long custom kakai, long time long disaster. Time iso emi kolong Port Villa, long school, hemi meet him some friend where only look all same problem ya, long all island, long all keta. Only tell him long iso say, come join him me fala, but you may walk together with them all one talk, long you may long Pacific, long you may talk talk long all big fella country, long stop him all fasting, long all keta way is stop make him climate change ya. Iso emikam olsem leader blong Vanuatu olsem one organization when name blong hem 350.org. Group ya emi round long wall mo ikaram together all man blong against em climate change. Pokpat blong olketa itekem iso iko fightem all factory mo mine long Australia where all stop makem all rubbish cars where i makem climate change. Enough! Iso hemi pin sing out Mifala ikarem dareo voice plong Vanuatu ikam plong talem long Australia plong Finis plong mainem ol coal. Iso wetem kenu plong Vanuatu oli joinem plante narufala kenu plong Pacific plong fightem climate change long Australia. Yumi ol Pacific Islander yumi must stand up against em climate change wetem spirit plong peace plong protectem ol culture plong yumi ol place plong you mo ol island mo solwata plong yumi. Iso Italian. Tete, Iso emi walk out yet, blong encourage all community long Vanuatu, especially all youth mo young fella, blong fight against em climate change. Taf Tumas. Hemi hemi one lol 40 story and we stop lo pup long all pikinini. Taf Tumas, different walk about one people no more. So that was written by Anna Nauper and illustrated by um, Ava Holler. Her daughter, it's beautiful illustration, by the way. She's an amazing artist. Yeah. Yes, I do like this story. I just love it. What, you know, it's just a pivotal time to do, to highlight this in, in a way to get a perfect segue for our, you know, our discussion today, you know, just kind of ending it up in such a beautiful way. Um, to see the journey that we began, our forefathers have begun, and now we're fighting a different, a different fight, and that is the climate change. So I think, like we were talking about, like choosing all these books and these stories um, to to make this wonderful book, and I think you guys did a wonderful job in choosing each and every one of the stories from such an array of different, you know, like you said, you had to have like certain things that the markers of which stories are needed needed to go in and and you're still publishing other stories on on facebook as well yeah thank you to us and and it's been such a pleasure that we the feedback we got mm -hmm. was 
everyone did like him, which is always lovely feedback. But also people said, where, where are the stories of the, we thought this was about independence <laughs> as opposed to the act of being independent. independent. So yeah. it is about independence. It's about 40 years of it, <laughs> not, the, not the struggle for independence, which, yes. is, which is what we have tended to focus on when we think about the, the history, right? <laughs> and so we have um, published about 15 more stories that are, are about the struggle for independence. Okay. And again, with the same principles of written in a way for mm -hmm. supporting literacy, but written in a way that celebrates moments in our story of independence um, and celebrates the diverse people right. so that we've often known the stories of uh, Father Walter Lini, the first prime minister, mm -hmm. uh, but not, not as much about all the others yes, that yeah. were a big part of it. So mm -hmm. we wanted to, um, I guess, uh, balance that right. so that, you know, you get a sense of all kinds of leaders that were involved, whether they were political leaders at the helm, mm -hmm. at the pulpit, mm -hmm. uh, in the Nakamal, mm -hmm. or if they were, you know, brave typists who right. had to go against what the colonial um, authorities permitted or go against curfews. Right. Uh, to still do what they um, did so importantly. And yeah. so one of the stories that does make it into Tough to Muscle around independence was about Donald Kalpakath, the late Donald yes. Kalpakath. Mm -hmm. And of course, he's achieved so much during so much. his life. Yes. Uh, but we, his daughter, Jennifer Kalpakath, Doan, she wrote this beautiful uh, story within a story mm. uh, about his brave uh, secret radio station yes. that he, he, he and his cousin, Peter Terracotto, mm. um, would, would issue and broadcast announcements for the independence movement. Right. And so what that's what we do, like that's the approach we take and for the new stories that are emerging. Mm. Um, is it, it, It's almost like an anecdote or one small story right. part or yes. one story block because we're trying to hook the child or the reader mm. into reading the story, appreciating all it encompasses, mm. but to keep reading. That's and right. then if they have questions after, go and talk to people. And this idea of Storian, yes. you might read it in, the, in a book, but it's still to support further Storian with your family mm. or your community to know more about that time. Yeah. And um, so there's those stories and then there's stories that we, we still have yet to publish from, mm. from what became the first 40. Mm. Uh, and that's, you know, very much dependent on um, just having those funds to print. But mm. we use those free platforms like... Mm. Facebook and online and the VBTC Vanuatu Broadcasting Television Corporation is very generous with its airtime and uh, letting us uh, use um, their airwaves to to read the stories in English, French and Vishtama. So last, lastly, how um, what would be the next adventure for this? You know, <laughs> I know it's growing. Oh, okay. Are you going to let us in on a secret? What's the next adventure for Tough to same? Well, story? I have to say, like um, what what the tough two must has shown me, mm. and I am someone who loves to read and 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 record, and uh, you know I worked um with the Vanuatu Cultural Centre for a while, and mm -hmm. done a lot of cultural anthropological work in my own community and the you country. Are, you are a and, trained anthropologist, by the way. I did not mention. Yes. <laughs> See, but I, um, it's got a whole bunch of stuff with her. But, but something that we, you know, when you're in the middle of a moment, mm. um, and again, let's use the example of the struggle for independence. Mm. You know, my father, my mother, their mm. friends, when they were in the middle of independence movement, you're living from day to day. The luxury of 
always stopping to write and reflect. Inoka, uh, you know, maybe you write your speeches <laughs> and you can keep those as a record. And it, well, you know, it wasn't until um, sort of the 1980s and with the help of people like Professor Howard Van Trees and others to record um, those stories. Mm. And right now we're living through COVID yeah. uh, and the pandemic. And for a country like ours, every country has its own story to tell. Mm -hmm. uh, for Vanuatu, we have our stories to tell too. Yeah. And we're in the middle of it, even though we're very fortunate to be COVID-free, thanks to the mm -hmm. Vanuatu government's um, strong and excellent work. Mm -hmm. But let's capture those stories. And yeah. so um, there's been a lot of interest, uh, again, from volunteers. And, and, and the beauty is it could be new or old volunteers. You know, we're, very, we're just open. Mm -hmm. anybody who shares the passion and, and, and can can commit yeah. um, but to capture the stories of the times we're living through now and um, and uh, uh, you know that's something we'd really like to, to to do because when you think about what kids study mm -hmm. in school you know I am in uh, you know when we, we you know there's often World War II is often still on the you know we always <laughs> think back what was time like in World War II well at some point we're going to be saying what was time like during COVID and if that's we've right. captured those stories, yes. that's a lovely way to to embody what that experience was like. And I, yeah. it's not an exact uh, thing to link it to, but I liken it to the diary of Anne Frank in World War II mm -hmm. in Europe. And it was that nine-year-old girl, or was she 12? I can't remember. But her diary mm. was what gave children <laughs> yeah. an insight to what life was like for a child during a very, very terrible time when she's hiding yeah. in the... You know, behind a wall with her family mm. uh, being Jewish. And yeah. um, so for COVID, what's life like uh, for people here in Vanuatu? Well, that's what we think we, we believe it should be. We should capture the stories as, mm. as we're going through this time because uh, we're sure that in the future, these mm. stories will form part of that history that we'll study this time. Right. We can study the 1800s with the, I don't like the word Spanish flu, but, you know, and then what is it like for COVID-19? Um, so that's a good, a really good um, way to go back into history and look at it in that sense. Well, I want to thank you for your time, for our small story on here on coming to the map. Thank you so much for your time. And I hope that our audience can, uh, you know, learn more about uh, Taftumas and the work of Vanuatu literacy, um, children's literacy. And if you want to check their work out, they're on Facebook. And also, if you, if you like the stories you've heard that we play on air, do go and visit talktomas.com. So T-A-F-T-U-M-A-S.com. And you'll be able to um, listen to all the stories in Bishlamar, in English and in French. Thank you so much for listening and joining us today on Coming to the Mat. Thank you. Bienvenue au temps des petites histoires pour les enfants. Nous célébrons les garçons et les filles, les dames et les hommes de Vanuatu qui ont fait beaucoup pour notre pays depuis l'indépendance. L'incroyable cuisinière qui a banni le plastique, Myriam Malao, cuisinière et militante pour l'environnement, Vao Porvila, née en 1970. Il était une fois une fillette prénommée Myriam qui quitta sa petite île au large de Malicolo pour s'installer à Porvila avec sa famille. Elle grandit en regardant sa mère cuisiner des plats locaux pour les missionnaires français de Montmartre, apprenant les recettes par cœur. Myriam décide de devenir cuisinière et d'ouvrir ensuite son propre restaurant. Chez Myriam, au cœur du marché de Porvila, 
au plus près des produits frais. L'Ailan Kakaï, c'est ce qu'il y a de mieux, la plus saine des nourritures, affirme-t-elle. Son restaurant devient si populaire que d'autres lui demandent de l'aide. Myriam crée alors une association pour soutenir les cuisiniers locaux afin qu'ils puissent étendre leurs compétences et obtenir le certificat de respect des règles d'hygiène en cuisine. Voyant à quel point cette formation aide les cuisiniers du marché, Myriam la propose aux mamans à Vinvatu qui vendent leurs produits sur le bord de route pour qu'elles aient aussi leur certificat sanitaire. Nous sommes ce que nous mangeons, poursuit-elle. Si nous mangeons de la nourriture locale saine, alors nous aurons un peuple en bonne santé. Habitant près d'une rivière, Myriam s'alarme de l'accumulation des sacs plastiques et des déchets dans l'eau. Le plastique pollue notre paysage insulaire, pense-t-elle. Nous devons utiliser des paniers tressés traditionnels pour aller vers un environnement plus sain. Son enthousiasme conduit au lancement d'une campagne nos plastiques packs pour un Vanuatu plus vert et sain pour tous. Via son association communautaire Crenoué Vanuatu, Myriam organise de nombreuses campagnes de nettoyage, y compris au bord de sa rivière. Elle attire aussi l'attention sur les dangers des pesticides dans l'agriculture. Je veux un Vanuatu propre pour que les générations futures en profitent, explique-t-elle. Ceci est un des 40 petites histoires dans le livre Tough to Mass, différents parcours, un peuple. This podcast is created and produced by Melanesian Women Today, a non-profit organization. Please visit our website at www.melanesianwomentoday.org. That is all one word. Melanesian Women Today envisions a Pacific region where every woman, girl and child in their respective communities in Melanesia lives a productive, healthy and fulfilling life. We are on a mission to improve the well-being and quality of lives and also to promote and improve leadership in women and girls in their communities. Please consider making a donation today on our website to support our work. Thank you for your support.